Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast covering your favorite team in the Bay Area. I'm recording this on Thursday, on a Tuesday, but it's actually Friday's episode because I have been hustling with all the interviews that I've done this week. But today we're going to be dry, diving back into another draft profile. Um, easily the best name in the entire draft, Rutgert McGrody. Um, so we're going to be talking about him, if he makes sense for the Sharks, kind of how why he's been climbing the draft boards, and everybody loves a big Nebraska boy. So Rutgert McGrody coming up. Your Locked On Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, J.D. Young. I want to uh, contributor at Fear the Fin and San Jose Hockey Now. I want to thank you guys for making us your first Sharks listen. Uh, of course, we're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Creeping closer to that goal of 1K before the draft. So I know you guys can help me out. You guys can do it. So um, today we're going to be talking about uh, USN TDP. I always, or DT, I always screw those up. Anyway, we're going to be talking about Rutger McGrody. Big Nebraska boy uh, who's been climbing up the drafts and climbing into our hearts. And if you guys are new to the profiles or, or just following, uh, kind of jumping in for the first time now, uh, what I'll do is I'll kind of talk about the the player, kind of give a nice little statistical profile background of him. And then I will bring in an expert who's going to give us more detail why he would be a potential fit for the Sharks and where he thinks uh, Rutgert McGrody is actually going to get drafted. And if he's wrong, uh, we will hunt him down and sacrifice them to the hockey gods. So let's get started uh, with one Rutger McGrody, who, like I said, uh, USNTDP. Uh, he is a center, six foot one, 205. Uh, also, if you're into the astrology based uh, drafting, was born in March 2004. He's from Lincoln, Nebraska, which is kind of cool. You don't really see too many uh, Nebraska kids. Um, also, uh, Played a lot in Michigan and, and, of course, you know, played at the U.S. and uh, TDP. On the uh, under-18 team this year, in 54 games, he had 35 goals, 34 assists for a very nice 69 points. That puts him at a uh, 1.28 points per game. Uh, played in the juniors as well in 25 games there. Had uh, 15 goals, 18 assists, and 33 points. And he is going to be going to University of Michigan, where we've seen Michigan has been popping out a ton, a ton of uh, high-quality draft uh, prospects and you know guys who are making their stamp in the NHL right now, including one of our own favorites, Thomas Bordalo. But to discuss Rutger McGrody, we have on uh, now his second time now. Uh, Paul Zuck, who's going to be, be talking, to, talking about Rutger McGrody. Paul, how's it going, buddy? JD, always a pleasure to come on. Thanks for having me again. I'm looking forward to talking about some more prospects here. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, first, let's, off, let's start, talk with, I mean, do they even have ice rinks in Nebraska, I guess? I mean, I know he, he played a lot in Michigan, like, I guess, moved to Michigan or whatever. But, like, that's that's pretty cool. My wife's actually from, like, the Midwest, and I showed it. Uh, I was like, oh, look, this guy's got, not only does he have, easily the best name in the draft, but he's also from Nebraska. Like very, very uh, 
kind of a nice coincidence here, I guess. Not coincidence, but kind of cool thing with him. Yeah, for sure. Um, so when I was doing my report on him earlier, um, his backstory, I guess, is very interesting. So his dad's originally from Streetsville, Ontario, which is near uh, Toronto. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously through coaching and, and playing and stuff like that, uh, he was coach of the Omaha Lancers in the USHL when Rucker was born. So hence why he was obviously born in Nebraska, but then they moved to Michigan as things progressed. And obviously that's where he played his, a lot of his minor, uh, minor hockey, but yeah, pretty interesting guy. <laughs> so, I mean, Rucker McGrady, he's been kind of, you know, part of this, there's a pretty big group of these kind of us and TDB guys who have been, you know, like Cooley we talked about, or, and then like we talked about who do we, uh, some of the other guys that we've talked about, like, which I'm blanking on names, uh, you know, it's Frank Nazar. Where does he kind of fit with these guys here? Is he like kind of the fourth in line or like where, where do you kind of see him come ranking the other ones? That's a great question. I still think Cooley and Nazar, you know, cream of the crop, mm-hmm. those top two guys, they're going to be very, very high picks. Um, I think Rutgers probably are around kind of in the same wheelhouse as uh, Cutter Gauthier, like we talked about last time. They kind of play a similar game. They're almost similar in size. Um, the only difference I would say between them is that Cutter's a better skater. But like mm-hmm. I said, they play a very similar game, and I think you'll get a lot of a lot of the same qualities out of them. All right. So, what type of player is, is Rucker McGrady? You know, is like kind of what's give us the the nice elevator pitch for him i guess (laughs) (laughs) absolutely so he's a he's a power forward so when he's got the puck on his stick in the offensive zone he has amazing vision he has amazing hockey iq um he can put a pass through to it like a seam pass through that most people wouldn't even think of trying and he's often successful um when he doesn't have the puck on his stick he's able to spot the open ice he's able to get and exploit that area and obviously make himself available for a pass from a teammate or even to catch a rebound off the goalie the way he thinks and plays the game in the offensive zone is just it's so talented um and it goes the same for the defensive zone too i mean the ntdp i can't even pronounce it half the time (laughs) i Um, always screw it up every time (laughs) (laughs) the way that they develop their players is just second to none they Mm -hmm just churn out 200 foot hockey players and Rucker is no exception to that. The way he plays in the defensive zone is great. He's able to pressure uh, attackers, whether that be on the point or down the corners. Uh, he's physical. He has no problem muscling somebody off the puck, obviously being 6'1", 205. His size definitely helps him there. And he's deadly on the counterattack. So he has no problem if he wants to, to muscle somebody off the puck along the boards, take it, go up the ice and get a shot on net. So that's the kind of guy you're getting with, Rucker McGordy. That sounds too good to be true. <laughs> like he's like, it sounds like coach's catnip or GM's catnip. He's got the size, you know, he's physical. He can play it all 200, you know, all 200 feet. Like what's, what's holding him back from being like a top five pick, I guess then. It, it really depends on who you ask. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know a lot of people will probably say his skating holds him back. And I mean, that's a fair assessment. I've noticed from watching him last year with the U-17s, now this year obviously progressing up to the U-18s, his skating's gotten better, but there's some mechanical issues with him that kind of uh, hinder his speed. So he doesn't necessarily have that top-end speed that can you know, make him a super high pick. Um, but luckily enough, it, it's just mechanical things, and obviously that's, that's the kind of thing you hope to have as a, as a fault, I guess. 
Yeah. Um, it just makes it a little easier to work on. So, I mean, moving forward as he heads off to Michigan and obviously wherever he gets selected in the, in the NHL draft, um, I think he'll be able to develop that easily enough. And I think whoever ends up selecting him in this draft, he's a little bit of a project, but I think it'll pay off in the end. All right. Before we talk more about our record, McGrody, we got to take a quick break. Talk to you guys about our friends over at Bet Online. You guys know Bet Online, the number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, odds, including this year's basketball championships, which hopefully are over. Please, Warriors, I can't deal with the game seven. Um, please, please, I hope you guys finish this. Um, you have, of course, the Stanley Cup Finals with the Avs and the Lightning, Major League Baseball, fighting news from MMA to UFC to boxing. Headlines, your continued source for your sports wager information, including live betting, esports, and more. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the transaction. Bet online where the game starts. And we do have an important favor to ask you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about our listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcasts. So go to lockedonpodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. All right, so you mentioned he's a very cerebral player and, and thinks the game really well. And I, I've, we've seen the Sharks have been kind of attracted to guys like that, you know, like Thomas Bortolo and William Eklund, where they're just outthink wherever they're playing is he on that type of level record McGrady is or like where, where his hockey IQ? I wouldn't necessarily put him on that level, but he's not far off. I mean, mm -hmm. like I said, when he's got the puck on his stick, he's able to think, you know, almost one or two steps ahead of the, of the defender because he's able to, you know, visualize those passing attempts or those shots on goal that most players wouldn't think to, or, or even try to attempt because of obviously they might be a little high risk than, you know, the safe bet of passing it off to a teammate down low or hitting back to the point. Um, but his vision is just, it, it's so talented and there's so much potential with him in the offensive zone. And I think it can only get better as he progresses in his development. You're just, you're uh, speaking my language here where, <laughs> yeah, I like, I like that. Cause this, this, not only are you getting a, a really smart, you know, player, but then combining that, like with a really physical player, that's, this, this might be too much to pass up, but why do you think, I mean, other than his vision, like how about his other skills, like his shot, you know, you, you, you mentioned his passing is really great, but like, how does his shot, is it NHL caliber? Is it potential to get to NHL caliber? Is it holding him back? It's, I mean, he scored a lot of goals. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of in that fluctuating spot of it's very talented. I don't know if it's necessarily NHL ready at this point, mm -hmm. but then again, he's such, I know it's kind of obvious to say, but he's such a young prospect. I mean, there's so much time for that to develop. I'm not stressing about it right now. If I'm an NHL GM, he's mm -hmm. got the potential and he's definitely got the skill. Um, he's not afraid to shoot the puck from anywhere. Sometimes he might shoot it from, you know, crazy angles or whatnot. And it might not be the greatest option at that point. But I mean, if you have the talent in the offensive zone, I mean, it's worth taking a risk in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, we've seen crazy goals and stuff and, you know, yeah, if you, I think it's better to, try it and then learn from the, the, from it, then try and like try to rein it back then try to maybe pull out that creativity with, with the player, you know, cause it's nothing worse when it's like, ah, this, this player is great, but they just don't have enough creativity where it's like, Hey, this player tries too much. Let's, if we rein it back in and, you know, I think, I feel like that's a, a better option than right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 
Um, so where do you kind of project him in the NHL? Is he potentially a top line guy? Is he most likely a middle six guy, bottom six? Where where does he kind of fit in on a on a we'll say like a playoff type team? So if I were to stage him, say like five, six years down the road from now, I think he's got potential to be a second line center. However, mm-hmm. I think his game's more suited to almost like a third line where he can kind of add in that secondary offense, but he can also add that physical aspect. Like I said, he has no problem being on the power play. He can either be down low in like a net front presence, or he can play like almost along the dot on either side. Um, but he's also capable of killing penalties too, and he's been very good at it, although limited role, uh, mm-hmm. especially this season. Um, but I think, yeah, like he'd, he'd definitely be in that middle six center who can provide secondary offense, and I think it'd be great to have someone – if I'm an NHL GM, I'm super happy if I select him because he's going to solidify that second or third line center role for years to come. Um, you, he's going to be a center in the NHL. You don't, you, you think he's center all the way? I think so. I mean, it's obviously mm-hmm. going to depend on the coach and the system, however they want yeah, to yeah. utilize him. But I definitely think he has the skill set to to stay at center. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, he's also again he's six one two zero five right as an eighteen. Exactly. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, NHL most GMs in size, right? Yes. Oh, yes. Find find a uh, find you someone who loves or who loves you like the way uh, NHL GMs love size. So one hundred fifty percent. Yes. So he's going to Michigan next year, and you know the, this Michigan team they've pumped out a, a ton of, of players recently, and they're kind of in a reload right now. But it's not like they're they're going to be you know desperate for talent next year they, they've got a, a an amazing draft class coming in as well but where do you think he kind of fits with, with the michigan team next year i think he can definitely play that second line center role um mm-hmm. but like you said they have a ton of talent coming in and i don't necessarily think there's going to be i don't i don't want to say a competition battle but i mean like you could roll out you could throw 12 names in a blender, roll up four, <laughs> four lines of three guys, and you're, you're going to be happy. You'll be fine, yeah. <laughs> they're, su- they're such a powerhouse, and it's only going to get better, like with the likes of like uh, McGordy going in, Adam Fantilli and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's going to be unfair. I, if, I, if I'm playing college hockey, I don't want to play against them. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We, we were, they were probably like, oh, sweet, you know, Ben Years left and Bordelow left and Oh, you know, Owen Power. I was like, oh crap, we got all these other dudes we got to deal with right now. It's it's <laughs> it's kind of like Alabama football, where it's just like they just keep rolling in dudes right now, and it's just this never ending thing with them, where it's like they're just gonna be good every year until they're just not good type of thing. So, totally, yes. Um, all right, so you know, of course, I'm on a mission from God to find William Eklund a friend in this this year's draft class. How would Eklund? And Rutger, not only, I mean, it sounds like a buddy cop right there. Will and Rut. <laughs> <laughs> how would how would Willie and Rutger, uh, how would they, they, they match up together on a line? I think it would be a nice combination. Um, I would more likely rather put Eklund on the wing in that mm-hmm. situation, just because obviously his shot and his speed, I think he'd be able to really benefit from the playmaking ability that McGroody has. Um, and I think with his size, he'd probably be able to, like when he's in transition breaking into the offensive zone, he'd be able to draw more guys onto him, which kind of frees up ice and space for guys like Eklund or whoever may be playing on the opposite wing to kind of get open. And obviously with McGrody's passing abilities, he'd be able to find them no problem. So, I mean, I definitely think that combination would work, in my opinion, I think it'd work pretty good. Yeah, and you know, especially if, yeah, William, he can kind of, 
do crazy spinning stuff in the offensive zone. And then if, yeah, if, if McCarty wants to kind of park himself in front of the net and yeah, they could, Oh, I can see it. I can see it. So, all right. You kind of mentioned your GM. So GM Paul, um, congratulations. You're running, you know, a, a team in the, in the teens here, make the case for why the, your team should, should, should draft McCarty. One thing we haven't spoken about yet is his leadership and how he shows up in big time moments. So, for mm-hmm. example, he was at the uh, BioSteel All-American game earlier this year. I believe it was mid-January. Um, he was on Team Blue and he assisted on the first goal, uh, a nice pass. And then uh, Jimmy Snuggeroo dripped home an amazing wrist shot. Um, so he has the capability with the offense. He has the capability with the defending and obviously the special teams play. He's got that physicality. He's got that size. Um, he's got the shot. If he can really work on his skating, I mean, if if he was arguably a better skater right now, I'd have no problem taking him like within like the top twelve or thirteen selections. I think his skating kind of might scare a few GMs away, but I mean, if I'm looking at it right now, and like you said, if I'm a GM in the in the teens right now, and the board kind of falls to where you know he might still be there for selection, opposed to maybe a couple other players, maybe from Europe or maybe from like uh, the CHL or whatnot. I mean, I I'd, mm-hmm. I'd be taking McGordy in a heartbeat. He's got he's got the passion, he's got the drive, he's got the leadership. He he can pretty much do it all, in my opinion. Nice. So timeline. So again, he's going to go to Michigan next year. How long do you think he's at Michigan before he potentially jumps to the you know to HL or NHL? I mean, the way I'm looking at it right now uh, with him as a prospect, I'm thinking at least two years. He might potentially stay for a third. I mm-hmm. Obviously, we, we don't have uh, future vision, but yeah. it's really going to be interesting to see how he progresses this year at Michigan. Um, if he can kind of, you know, get it all together and he, you know, really crushes home some, some training over the summer and he comes into next season looking like a, a completely different skater, then maybe my opinion would change. But I think the next couple of years for him developing at the collegiate level, and especially being around a winning environment, because we know Michigan's going to be dominant. Yeah, um, I think it bode well not only for his his game, but also for his uh, mental aspect of it as well. Being around yeah. a winner, yeah, and you, you know you're going to be playing in, you know you're going to be playing in big time games. You know everyone's going to be coming for you. You can't take a night off, type of thing. You know, and that, that I think that winning environment, like you said, really does help with your development. Where it's like every game is a big game, and you're playing for national championships type of situation. So yeah, I think that's, that's probably good for him. Uh, you know, I kind of, it kind of does feel like he might be on the borderline path where it's like two years at Michigan and then you kind of see where he's at type of thing. And then if, you know, he might kind of, the same thing with Borlo, he came in third line and then next, the year after he was the second line behind, you know, Manny Beniers, who's was arguably one of the better, the best players in that draft. But like, you know, if it feels very Bordelow-esque with, with, with record McGrady, right? Yeah, I can definitely see a similar career path. Um, it will be interesting, and I know you touched on you know having to show up every night and stuff. That was one aspect of uh, McGordy's game that I noticed kind of wavered a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that game to game consistency? And that's not to say that you know like he took nights off or anything, but you could definitely tell some games he was more engaged yeah. uh, than others when it came to whether it be you know offensively or defensively or in transition, depending on obviously the game that you're watching. Sometimes he did kind of look a little checked out. And I don't know if that's just because of fatigue or, you know, maybe some underlying factor that we weren't aware of. Um, but, yeah, if he can focus on that, like you said, bringing it every single night and developing his career further, I mean, yeah, I, I could see him easily following the same path as Bordelo. All right. Where does he go? 
my opinion probably varies a little different. I mean, you know, I've seen him, you know, ranked mm-hmm. kind of as low as like 25. And I noticed a lot of Leafs blogs were kind of, you know, begging for him. I can see his wheelhouse being somewhere between like 12 and 17-ish, depending on, you know, what GMs end up selecting there. Um, and also kind of, you know, how the board falls. All right. So 12 is Columbus. That'd be their second pick. 13 is the Islanders. 14 is Winnipeg. 15 is Vancouver. 16 is Buffalo. 17 is Nashville. Who's taking them? Mm. You got to get the answer. <laughs> I know. Or else I have to, you know, we have to hunt you down afterwards and sacrifice you to the hockey gods. All right, right. Can you give me the list again quick? <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I'll start at 10. So 10 is Anaheim. 11 is San Jose. 12 is Columbus with their second pick. 13 is the Islanders. 14 is Winnipeg. 15 is Vancouver. 16 is Buffalo. 17 is Nashville. 18 is Dallas. 19 is the Kings. And then 20 is the Caps. I'm going to be biased here. I would love to see him in Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo really doesn't have that, you know, that power forward esque right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw some play from Cousins last year where he had that more physical side where he could potentially develop into that role. Um, but I mean, I could, I could see the Sabres going after him. That I makes really sense. Could. You know, especially yeah, exactly. that, that high pick, maybe you can kind of take a little bit more of a swing with that, that pick at number nine. And then, yeah, you're like, you know exactly what you're getting with, with Rucker McGrody. It feels like a very safe pick where it's like, he's going to be playing NHL games in like four years type of thing. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. And like, they could really benefit from having that middle six talent where, you know, you can roll him out in any situation and he's going to be successful and to have that secondary offense, which I know they've been lacking for a few seasons <laughs> um, to say the least, it'd be nice to actually get that you know, like I said, that secondary scoring where, you you know, you can roll out the second line or the third line and still have the same, you know, threat level as you would if you're rolling out the first line. Makes sense. All right. Uh, last time I asked you who you think is going to be the best player in the draft, and I believe you said Shane Wright. Um, which player in the, like, the top 10 kind of worries you the most? If I had to say, mm-hmm. uh, Simone Nemec. And I say that only because of the fact of when all the se- or all the oh, sorry when the season was going along, all the players that you know were projected top ten picks, with the exception of maybe Brad Lambert, just because of you know playing time or whatever his situation was, they all kind of seemed to have like a I don't want to say exponential, but like a steady increase in their development and in their play, where you could definitely see like okay, yeah, this player should be going in the top ten, and that's not to say Nemec didn't; he just didn't develop at a rate like everybody else did. I feel so, like he plateaued. It's kind of what I've heard from everybody is, yeah. Like yeah. He plateaued. I would have liked to see a little more out of him, not only from points, but also from just the way he defends. I mean, I like the way he plays the game. The only issue is I'd like to see a little more. And that's why I think he may fall a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's definitely not a knock on him as a player. I think he's going to be very successful. Um, but yeah, that if I had to select one person, that would be who it would be. Gotcha. All right. Um, one last one. Who's been the kind of the guy who's maybe since the start of the year to now who's risen the most for you personally? For me, Liam mm-hmm. Ogren. Oh, yeah. Your gardens and the Swedish League. I really love the way he plays the game. He's so talented. And that whole team is just going to be very, very good at the next level because they got Lakaramaki, they got uh, Ogren, and they have uh, Noah Oslin. I mean, I, I can see all three of those guys being extremely successful at the next level. 
Yeah, I, I've had my eye on Lakira Mackey. I'm, I'm at the point right now where it's like for me, it's Kerchinsky, Lambert, and Lakira Mackey, and there's like the if the Sharks come away with one of those, I know Lambert. There's like a bajillion red flags, but he's so tantalizing of like if everything clicks with him, it's like you could see that guy being the dude. But Lakira Mackey, where it's like the Sharks, other than Gushin, they just don't have that pure sniper guy, and mm. the way him and Eklund just play off each other i'm like oh I, I could just see that in teal for the next 10 years and it would be amazing <laughs> watching lakaramaki in the viewings i've had of him this season i've said from the start he he screams san jose sharks to me just because of the the familiarity with eklund he's got that sniper's ability like you mentioned mm-hmm. and it's just i don't know why just whenever i saw him play i was like yeah he's going to san jose it's already a foregone <laughs> like i don't know why i felt that way but that's just i don't know that's Speaking My, of new existence, I guess. Yeah, manifesting it. I'm I'm still Kurczynski out, out of the Thunderbird. I don't know. I just I have a this gut feeling that he's he's there, but the, the ducks worry me that they're just gonna take him first. But uh yeah. yeah. So he's extremely talented too. It'd be a great pick. Yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. This this draft, I know everyone's like kind of poo-pooing it, but I think it being a mushy mess kind of makes it a lot of fun because it's like you can, you know, like you said, you could throw in a bunch of names in a hat and then pick them out in any order. And you're like, okay, that makes sense. Or okay, this makes sense type of thing. And yeah, the draft, it's, it's going to be fun, man. We're what, three weeks away now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's approaching extremely fast. <laughs> so, uh, Paul, you said, oh, what do you got coming out next? What are you working on right now? I got a couple of reports uh, on the go right now. I know I'm a little busy with uh, us over at the Charging Buffalo. We're getting our draft guide out. So obviously, if anyone's looking for that, you can find it on our Twitter, either there at the Charging Buff, or you can find it retweeted on my account. Um, so we're just putting the finishing touches on that. And I got a couple of reports coming out, one I mentioned last on Jimmy Snuggerud. And I also have one coming out on, uh, why am I drawing a blank? Oh, uh, Adam Ingram, Youngstown nice. Phantoms in the USHL. Awesome. All right. Uh, and of course, you can find us on the old Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Locked on Sharks. Um, subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Apple, Spotify, Odyssey. You know the deal. Um, YouTube, make sure you guys subscribe there. Approaching 1,000. The goal is to get to 1,000 by the draft. I think we can do it, guys. Um, and of course, check out the Locked on NHL channel. If you want to get caught up on everything that's going on with the uh with the Stanley Cup finals and of course with the draft and free agency coming around as well. Paul, thank you so much. You can find Paul on Twitter at paulzuck underscore 81. You can find me on Twitter at my fryhole. And we'll be back next week. Bye, friends. Awesome. Thanks, Judy.